Welcome to the Lincoln Way Christian Church Podcast. This live recording is brought to you from our Sunday morning worship service. Don't forget to also check out www.lincolnway.org. And now for this morning's message. When I was a kid, we had um, um, this little Easter basket hunt. Uh, that's what we did every Easter morning, and, and we would go looking for our Easter baskets, and our Easter baskets were hid all over the house. Sometimes you'd find it in the oven, and sometimes it'd be in the, a closet somewhere or behind a chair, but, but eventually you would find your Easter basket. In your Easter basket, we would find the colored egg that we colored the night before with our name on it. That way you knew which one of the five kids the basket belonged to. There was little peeps in there, those little marshmallow things that just, you know, fire kids up, you know, just get them going. But for me, the very favorite part was the solid chocolate bunny. Now, I mean, those were really the best. I mean, they were about this tall. You know, of course, in my mind as a kid, they were this tall. But they were probably about 12 inches tall. And, and they were made out of solid milk chocolate. Not like the hollow chocolate bunnies. Aren't they a waste? I mean, aren't they just a t- I mean, just think about it. I want the real thing. I want real chocolate. I want, I want solid chocolate. I don't want this, this cheap imitation of hollow chocolate bunny. I mean, what's the problem with them? They're hollow. They're waxy. And they don't fill you up. I mean, they're just, they're just not there for me. And I, and I think I want, the, I want the real thing. And when it comes to faith, when it comes to our religion, we want the, the real thing. And see, what, too often what we assume is that, is that, is that all faiths are the same. Doesn't the, the, the Jews, the Muslim, and the Christian worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Aren't they all the same? Isn't there anything different about one or the other? See, is there a real thing when it comes to faith? Is there something that's true? See, the, the, the central issue for Christianity to be the real thing is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The media understands this. Over the last few years, you will see that Time Magazine, Newsweek Magazine, will have, have um, articles written about the historical Jesus and the Jesus of faith, as if they're two different people. And then last year, what was it? The Da Vinci Code movie, remember that? Trying to question whether or not the uh, resurrection of Jesus Christ was valid. And then this year, James Cameron came out with the tomb of Jesus, See, the, the media understands that the central issue, the issue that makes Christianity unique, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the main thing. For see, if there is no resurrection, we might as well just pack it up, you know? We might as well just pack it up. And see, Paul understood that the resurrection was the main thing. And so I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, or you can look there on the, um, uh, on the, on the screen or in your um, directions, in your bulletin this morning. And this is what Paul writes about the resurrection. He says this in verse 17, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 17. He says, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. Your faith is meaningless. Your faith is useless. If Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, if he is still in the grave, if James Cameron is correct, then it's useless. Paul understood this. He says, you are still in your sins. You're still caught up in your sins. You're still stuck. And then it goes on, verse 18, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. 
Those who have died in Christ, those who have died over the last 27 years from the time that Jesus rose from the grave or Jesus died on the cross and to the, to the, to the 27 year whenever Paul writes his letter, the 1 Corinthians, all those people who are in Christ, guess what? They're lost. They've become food for worms. That's it. It's over. Then he continues on. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. So what Paul is saying here is that, look, if Jesus Christ did not raise from the grave, we might as well not go on spring break. We might as well go on sin break. We might as well just pack it up and go out there and go break some, break some commandments. Go out there and go on sin break. Go have a good time. There's no reason to do righteous. There's no reason to follow God if there is no resurrection. So I want us to look at, for those of us who are believers in Christ and who, who put our faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I want to reaffirm that today. I want us to be reaffirmed and to say, you know what, there's a reasonableness Matter of fact, it takes more faith to believe that Jesus didn't raise from the grave than he did historically when you look at it. And for those of you who are skeptical, I want to give you some reasons. Some reasons to believe. So let's look at some things. I want you to look at the crime scene. The crime scene is this. Is there's this cemetery, and in that cemetery is a tomb. A tomb in which a stone that had been sealed by a Roman seal, meaning that no one was to go in there without without death going to be their thing. A Roman seal has been broken. The stone is rolled away. The remains of a Roman guard sleeping over the last couple nights are there. There's the remains of a, a fire pit. There's footprints. There's a few coins left. There's that evidence that you see. You walk into the tomb, it's empty. All that is there are some, some uh, cloths and some 75 pounds worth of, of, of spices there on the tomb. And you get there, and the question is, what happened to the body? What happened to the body? And so we need to look at and, and, and look through what exactly happened to the body. What are the possibilities? Was Jesus really dead? That's one of the questions we need to ask. Was, as we go to the crime scene, was Jesus really dead or was he put in the grave alive? And this is called the swoon theory. It's a, it's a very popular theory that, that, that Jesus really wasn't dead, that he was just sort of laid into the, the ground, and as the cool air of the cave came to him, it woke him up. He removed, got out of the cloth, removed the 75 pounds worth of weight upon his body, and then rolled the two-and-a-half-ton stone away, took over the guards, beat them up, and escaped. Very reasonable, right? Uh, But but let's look look at what are some of the the fallacies of that possibility. First of all, let's look at what happened to, to, to Jesus. Jesus, in John 19, it says that Jesus was flogged. 
Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. Now, now, now get, taking a beating is, is bad enough. I mean, most of us have been spanked once or twice, and if we haven't been spanked, we should have been. Um, uh, you know, it's one of those kinds of things. And, um, but, but, but the beating that Jesus took was a little different than that because it was made out of a, a whip that was given to was given that the soldiers made. The soldiers would make a whip, and there would be bones put in it. There would be lead, lead balls put in it. And he would be beaten up to 39 times. What would happen to it as it, as it, as it came across his back, his bare back, his legs, it would, the, the bones would rip into his, his skin and would pull his skin away. It is described that most, many people did not even survive the beating. Now, what complicates Jesus' beating is what happened to him in Luke 22, verse 44. For see, and, and in being in anguish, this is Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Now, what this is called is hemotidrosis. Whenever you bleed or sweat blood, okay? What this does is it tenderizes your skin. It, it, it's a medical thing. It can happen. doesn't happen often, but it can happen. And what it does is it tenderizes your skin. So Jesus' skin is extra tender. And so when they're beating, I'm not trying to gross you out here, um, but, but I want you to understand that the beating that he took would have gone down to his bone. It is described as by one guy like this. The sufferer's vein were laid bare. Their very muscles and tendons and bowels of the victim were laid open to exposure. Okay, after this beating happens to him, 39 times, he's then laid on a cross. First of all, he was supposed to carry his cross. He couldn't carry it. After you take a beating like that, your body is in shock. And then nails are pierced into the wrist and into the feet, nailed to the cross, going through the medial um, nerve, which would be, is the main nerve that goes to your hand. And I'm familiar with nerves now because I'm going to have the surgery tomorrow to relieve that nerve that goes down the arm. Okay? And so he's on, in, in pain, laid on the cross, nailed on the cross. Okay? He's placed up there. Now, Roman soldiers were experts on death. If they saw that you weren't going to die, they took a mallet because the way that the, the, the suffocation worked was like this. You're up here. You can breathe in, but you can't exhale. In order to exhale, you have to push yourself up with your feet. You push yourself up with your feet, you can exhale. Okay? Because they, so what they do in order to hasten your death so you can't push yourself up, they take a mallet and they take it and they beat your shins of your legs so that you can no longer push yourself up. Now, what we know that happened, according to the gospel story, is that the two thieves' legs were broken. They came to Jesus, all right? They came to Jesus. They recognized that he was dead, but to ensure that he was dead, they took a spear and stabbed it into his side, going up to his sack that's around the heart and then puncturing the heart because water and blood both flew out of him. You do not survive your heart getting punctured by a spear. So, was Jesus really dead? Yes. All right? He was dead. Now, again, you have to think that if he somehow survived the cross, he's got to go again. He's got to, what does he have to do? He has to take off the 75 pounds, unwrap himself from the, the cloth, and then he's got to roll the two-and-a-half-ton stone away, 
Then he's got to beat up the, the, the uh, soldiers. And then he's going to make his way to wherever the disciples are. And they're going to see this bloody mess and say, he is risen. It's just, okay, I'm just telling you. Okay, that's, that's what they're saying to us. So was Jesus really dead? Yes. That's what makes sense, right? Makes sense. Okay, now, was the resurrection a myth? Was it a created myth? The accounts of Jesus begin very early. Matter of fact, within 18 to 24 months of Jesus' death, there is an early recitation of the church, and it's shown that that, that was done early, and it was within 20, uh, 18 to 24, 36 months, is that this is what it said. Jesus died for our sins according to the Scripture. He was buried, and he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. All right, that was the faith statement. Now, what do you need for a legend to happen? What do you need for a myth to happen? You need time. You need time. See, when Paul writes 1 Corinthians, it's 27 years. Is 27 years enough time? See, it would be like saying that in 1980, the Bears beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl, beating them 42 to 10. Did that happen? Some of us were alive back then, right? That's a myth. (laughs) We know that it's not true, okay? The Steelers don't lose to the Bears. I mean, but that's a that's a, that's a that's a whole other point. They say I've got some fans in the back. I mean, see, it's a myth. You need you need time for a myth to create to be created. You need you need a season of time, and twenty seven years is not enough time. As a matter of fact, Paul will will say that there is five hundred people, and many of them are still alive. It, it's twenty seven years later who saw Jesus at the resurrection. So was, G, was, it, was it a created myth? Was it a created legend? No. Another question I have to ask ourselves, well, is the tomb really empty? Is the tomb really empty? Now, archaeologists in 1990 found Caiaphas, the chief priest of the time, the chief accuser of Jesus. They found his tomb. They found his bones. They did not find Jesus' bones with James Cameron. Okay, that's a myth. It's created. Notice how quickly it died. It was a flash in a pan, and then it died. But here are some reasons that make sense. Okay, first of all, the first people finding the empty tomb were women. Now, to us, that would be no big deal. But at this time, women's credibility was not held up as, as, as a strong point. If you're going to make up a story, if you're going to have someone be a witness, what you're going to do is you're going to get some men to do this, okay? That's just the way it is, okay? It's nothing against it, but if you're going to make up a story, you're going to want it to be most believable at that time. What are you going to do? You're going to get some men. Um, The other, I think the biggest thing, though, is Jesus' opponents said that the tomb was empty. See, the Romans and the Jewish guys got together, and they conspired to say, oh, just, just make up this story. Make up this story that the tomb, that the, 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 the apostles came, these disciples of Jesus came and stole the body. See, if they didn't want Jesus to be alive, if they wanted to keep him dead, what would they have done? They would have said, here's the tomb, here's the body. That's all they had to do. But see, they admitted to the fact that the tomb was empty. 
So was the tomb empty? Yes. Let's continue on. Now, so how did the tomb get empty? So, so we come to the tomb, we come to there, and we see that the tomb is empty. The Romans say that it's empty. How is it empty? Okay. Roman Jewish, Jewish authorities, maybe they stole the body. Does that make a lot of sense? If they're the ones who think that, that, that Jesus being alive is going to cause a lot of problems, would they say, oh, yeah, yeah, by the way, we stole the body. Wouldn't they just bring the body out and say, no, 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 here is the body, right? That was, that's what makes sense. How about the disciples stealing the body? Okay, again, you've got to picture this. Here is a Roman guard, elite, Navy SEAL type people, okay? These are elite soldiers. I mean, they are like, I mean, they're just ready to go. They are guarding the tomb. Here is Pete, Jim, and John. Pete, Jim, and John are, 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 think about it. They're not the bravest guys in the world. Pete wasn't even willing to stand up to a servant girl. So he's going to stand up to elite Navy SEAL type Roman guards? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't see it happening. Now, just think if they did do that. What would they do? They go in there, they take the Roman guards, they take Jesus' body and store Jesus' body in Thomas's closet. I mean, really. I mean, you've got to do something with it. So you take him and you put him in Thomas's closet. Now, as time goes on, you're perpetuating this thing that Jesus is alive, right? You're telling the story. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Okay, that works until somebody decides to kill one of you. Is Jesus alive whenever you know he's back in the closet? Are you going to put your life out there because... He's back. All 10 of the 11 remaining disciples of Jesus die a martyr's death. And John is the only one who doesn't die a martyr's death. And yet, tradition has him being boiled in oil. You do not stand up for Jesus is in the closet if they're putting you in oil. I mean, just think this through. It just doesn't make any sense. What about maybe the women went to the wrong tomb? Wouldn't have the Roman guard said, oh, no, 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 wrong tomb, over here, Jesus' body. Again, they could show Jesus' body. So how do, what do we do? Okay. So how did the tomb become empty? Jesus is alive. That's how. Jesus is rose from the grave. Well, what about the witnesses? Let's look at the witnesses. Maybe they're not reliable. Are the witnesses reliable? Let's look, look at that. Let's, let's see. There's, there's about 515 witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verses 3 through 7. This is what Paul writes. For what I received, I passed on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scripture, and that he appeared to Peter... And then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than 500 brothers at the same time, most of whom were still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all he appeared to me also as one abnormally born. So there you got your, you got right around the 515 number there. Now, what are some of the explanations? Well, 515 people, 500 people had the same hallucination. Now, Psychologists will tell you 
Now, some people here have had hallucinations, right? You don't have to raise your hands. It's okay. I mean, we're just being... It would take... take the, fill this room up three times. Four times. And all of us are going to have the same hallucination at the same time. Psychologist tells us the chances of that happening are like none, okay? And that it's more of a miracle for 500 people to have the same hallucination than it is for Jesus to raise from the grave. All right? So, again, are the witnesses reliable? Imagine if you had 515 people come in, give a 15-minute testimony. You know how long that would take? 515 people each giving an individual testimony. It would take 128 hours. 15-minute testimony. It would take nearly six days. Coming in, giving the testimony, giving the testimony, giving the testimony. If you had 515 witnesses to any event, would it be seen as true? Yeah. Okay. Are they reliable? Yes. Okay. Now here, how do you explain the changed lives? Now one of the witnesses is called James. James is a half-brother of Jesus. Okay? James is also the guy who becomes the leader in the Jerusalem church, and he also writes the book called James, okay, in the Bible. There's also another half-brother, Jesus, called Jude. Hey, Jude, you know? He's also half-brother, Jesus. He writes a little book in the Bible called Jude. Now, I don't know about you, but how much would it take for you to worship your brother and call him God? I don't need to say anything more about that. <laughs> How much would it take? Th- Jesus is alive. That's the only explanation you have for James and Jude worshiping their brother. Only explanation you have. Paul. Paul he is, what did he do before he became Paul? He was Saul. Know what he was? He was a terrorist. He was a killer of Christians. He went and he hunted them down for sport. What are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm going to hunt some Christians. That's what he did. That was his pastime. It would be like Osama bin Laden hearing the message of the gospel and becoming a Christian. So with every eye closed. No, there is not an eye closed. (laughs) That's the way it would be. The only way you can explain the change life, you see all the disciples going from wimps and weaklings to powerful men of God, to change lives. Why? How can we explain this? Because of change lives. The lives are dramatically changed because Jesus is alive. So what's the practical application for you and for me? Here it is. We can have hope. We can have hope. You know, I like birthdays, especially mine. A few years ago, I was turning 40. It was going to be a big birthday. Turning 40. Going into old age. Making the crossover. And, you know, I was expecting people to start calling me. Maybe let's do something together. Let's have some fun together. Let's do something. And I'd go up to Tyna and say, Tyna, you know, don't you feel sorry for me? No one's calling. Nobody's, you know, nobody. And she wouldn't get sad. Why wouldn't she? Wasn't she getting sad? Because she knew that there was going to be a big birthday party, 
a surprise birthday party for me. And so she could be, she didn't have to be sad. She didn't need to be sad for me. Why? Because she knew what was coming. And sometimes I think that's the way we treat God. We're going through life. It's becoming difficult. Life's hard. It's beating us up. And we think that God's up in heaven and he's going, oh, whoa, it's all going downhill. Now he already sees the end. He sees that there's going to be a party. And so, so you and I, whenever we go to the cemetery, and we can read these, remember these words that Jesus said at Lazarus' graveside, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection. And he who believes in me will live even though he dies. So you and I can have hope. And the second thing is that, is that we can have a new beginning. That you and I can have a new beginning. I don't know where you're at right now. I know where some of you are at right now. Some of you have made stupid choices. And life is too hard to do stupid. Okay? But you have. And even me saying that, you're saying, oh, that's offensive. But yeah, it is. Because I've made stupid choices too. But you know what? Christ can give you a new beginning. He can resurrect your life right now. And it doesn't matter what you've done. He can redeem it. Now, are all the consequences going to go away just like that? No. But He can redeem your life. And you really can have a new beginning. Paul writes, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Where do you begin with that? For those of you who are followers of Jesus Christ and you need a new beginning, it's time to re-up and give your heart back to Jesus and to place it there before him. For others of you who have never bought into this resurrection thing, today's the day for you to place your faith in Jesus Christ, to give Him your heart, to say, you know what, I'm going to live for Him, be baptized into Him, and start a new beginning.